0: Wow, thank you. Great memories in the picture. Good morning. It is really, really, really good to see you today. It's uh, good to see some of you i have never seen before. Cool. Glad you're here. Bummer, as Mike said, um, that Pastor Nate's not preaching, but, you know, you'll get over it. There was next week. Um, uh, The rest of you, it's uh, awesome to see you again and see what God is doing and hear what God's doing here at Birch Ridge. Uh, It's really, really exciting. Praise God for that. Amen. God is so good. God is doing wonderful, wonderful things. Um, and, and speaking of Mike, um, I'm usually bored to tears with announcements, right? I mean, uh, announcements are just like, come on, except when Mike's doing it. And now I'm always on the edge because you never know what's coming next. And my sense <laughs> is he doesn't either, <laughs> right? And 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 so so, you know, it's a little scary, but it's always like, well, we'll see. This is going to be a journey, so you actually pay attention. That's a gift, and uh, I'm, um, I'm very grateful for that. It's, uh, I-, I want to just dive into a message this morning, but, but just let me give you a 30-second commercial because I represent your extended family you know, that goes all around the world, the Wesleyan Church and the, and the Northwest District, and uh, we finally got a good district superintendent in our district, And um, so we're just doing great. I mean, things are cooking. And and we are just starting new stuff everywhere. I mean, just like multiplying. Uh, uh, Things are are cropping up in really little tiny places. Like I visited Pendroy, Montana uh, a few weeks ago. Actually, I was driving to Alaska last summer and visited them, and and, uh, uh, population 14. And, but, but we had 20 people in church, so hey, uh, you know, anyway, they, they, we're doing stuff there, and we're doing stuff in big cities, and, and all in between, and we're just seeing things happen. And so we're praising God for that, and you're part of that and partners with that. Thanks so much. Praise God. Now there's a theory about public speaking, and it goes something like this, that you should start at the shallow end of the pool with people. And you should walk them toward the deeper end of the pool and try to see if they can swim before you get them over their head. This, this makes sense, right? So, so, so with that in mind, let's do this. God exists as three persons. God the Father, the Elohim, the Yahweh, the Lord God, Sovereign, Most High, God the Son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, our Savior, truly God, truly human. And then the Holy Spirit, each of them equally God. These three individuals, I'm going to do a grammatical error right here. These three are one. How's that for the shallow end of the pool? You okay? Some some of you are saying, seriously, man? Like, you dropped us in the deep end, way over our heads. Other of you are saying, and why would that matter to me? Good question. See, the Holy Spirit that we just referenced, He is that person of the Godhead who's interacting with you right now. He's that person, that that thing you label as conscience, probably Him. When you hear that... Are you really sure you want to do that? That doesn't work out well most of the time, you know. That that's uh, that's not the that's not really the path that that probably you should be on. That that's probably the Holy Spirit saying, "Hold on, watch out!" Right? There, there's times when when He's the one that's like the thumb in the back saying, "You really ought to do this. You really ought to say that. You really ought to do this. You really ought to go for this. You really ought to do this." You really—that's probably Him when you're reading the bible and something just like jumps off the page at you and you go oh yeah that's for me that's him see he's the chief communicator of god right he's the one jesus said he's going to show you everything about me jesus said he's in fact the bible itself says you should be filled with the spirit the holy spirit well hello what's that about Now let me take you back to the shallow, more shallow end of the pool. Because the Bible, I love the Bible, Uh, it, it has some unbelievably deep, profound stuff that you just, just blows your mind. You're just like, I can't get my head wrapped around, this is amazing. On the other hand, the Bible is very simple. And the Bible uses metaphors, for instance, of the Holy Spirit, three metaphors that we encounter all the time, fire and wind and water. Well, since we're in the pool, let's go with water. So the Bible uses the metaphor of water, and I'll just have a little fun with it for a minute. There's a progression in Scripture about this. For instance, way back in the Psalms, the psalmist says, I will take the cup of salvation. That's cool. If you've ever had a really hard work day or a hard workout, and you're hot, and you're sweaty, and you're thirsty, and just a cup of cold water, ah oh man, that is amazing. That is really helpful, but it gets better. If you go to the right in the Bible, uh, in the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah said, with joy, I will draw water from the wells of salvation. A well is a bunch better than a cup, right? You, 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 it gets better. You go over in the New Testament part of the Bible, in the book of John, and John chapter 4, Jesus is actually sitting on the curbing of a well. Interesting. It's, 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 some, it's around the middle of the day, lunchtime. The disciples have gone into this little village in Samaria to get lunch, Taco Bell, and, and, uh, or something. And, and uh, there's a woman that comes out uh, uh, to draw water. It's kind of an unusual time of the day. And there's been a, tons of speculation about why she's there at, at this time of day. Many people would assume that it's because she has, she's been a bit shamed and ostracized because her life has been messed up a bit, uh, quite a bit. And, and, and we don't know that for sure. She does seem to have significant influence because later on she brings the whole village out to talk to Jesus. So I'm not just dismissing this whole thing that she's really shunned. Uh, uh, anyway, that she comes out this rather unusual time of the day and then it gets, it gets weird. Uh, uh, Jesus is sitting here curving the well and he, and he asks something that seems quite simple to me. He just says, can I have a drink? Not a big deal, right? It was a huge deal to her. Because... She lived in a very racist, gender-biased culture. Um, And and there was another factor here, too. So Jesus was a Jew, she was a Samaritan, and they just didn't talk. Uh, And the fact that he would initiate a conversation with her about anything was unheard of. And then, she's a woman, and he's a guy. And... This is not happening either. And then he's a holy man. He's a rabbi. And her life's a mess. She's gone through five relationships that didn't end well. And she's in one now that's not secure at all. Get the picture? So here's this Jewish man, holy man, talking to this Samaritan woman who's a mess. This just doesn't happen. And she just, it just blows her mind. I, I can't totally identify with her because I've never been a Samaritan woman whose life was a mess. I have had messes, however, and so I can identify a little bit that God would talk to me. is just like, seriously? Whoa. So, so anyway, there's this happening. So she, she Jesus says to him, sir, why would you, this Jewish man, talk to me, Samaritan woman? And, and, and then now Jesus just totally fries her brain. He just says, so if you'd have known who it is that asked you the question, you'd have asked him for a drink. And she said, excuse me? You're on this well curbing. You have nothing here to draw water with. You just asked me for a drink, and now you're suggesting that I should ask you for a drink? Huh? So we're going to read it. It's, it's, going, to, it's going to pop up here on the screen, I think. John chapter 4. And Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is ask you for a drink, you would have asked him. He would have given you living water. Next slide, please. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. The well's deep. Where can you get this living water? Next, please. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Got one more? But whoever drinks the water I give them will never in thirst. Indeed, the water, catch this, I give them will become in them a spring of water. Welling up to eternal life. Ah, you remember we went from a cup to a well? Now we have an artesian well, a spring. Way better. Hello? This is awesome. So when God says, be filled with the Spirit, he doesn't say, bring your cups. Lots of you have cups in this room. Way cool. Um, um, he doesn't say, bring your cup and let me fill that up for you. We, we used to, uh, I'm, I'm old, uh, like really old, and, and so some of you have never heard this phrase, but it was kind of popular when I was quite young. And in fact, there was a song out, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Some of you have heard that song, not that good, but anyway, you, you've, you've heard that song. Uh, uh, and and there, was a, there was a phrase, I, I used to hear pastors uh, sort of, you know, intro service, I hope you've come today with your cups right side up, they'd say. Well, you get that, right? You, you come in a receiving mode, you come in a receptive mode. I, I quit saying that when I heard an old pastor one time say, no, 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 throw your cup away and take a spring home with you. Well, hello, that's a lot better. Are you with me? And that's precisely what Jesus is saying to us. You, you, see, you see, you see, religion in, in North America oftentimes is like that. We, we get our cup, we get our, some of us even have a Yeti. And 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 so you know we bring it and and we come in and we say here uh, worship leader here pastor fill fill my cup because I live in a a thirsty world and in a dry world and I just barely made it here and and if you could just fill this up fill it to the brim and I've got this I've got this lid and and I can keep it cold on Wednesday and and, or hot or whatever Uh, you know whatever you got I'll take it and 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 fill my cup and I'll sip on it through the week now if I miss next Sunday I'm just toast. You catch the metaphor? See, we, we do that a lot of times. And I'm not in any way saying or suggesting it's not important for you to come. And, not, and not, But here's the deal. By your being here, it's not so much you get your cup filled, it's just you enlarge your capacity for God to flow into you and through you. Because God wants to say to you, take the lid off your Yeti. In fact, save it for your hikes. You don't need it with me. I want to be in you a spring of water living up. There's two key things I want to highlight, and then I've got to move on this. But the key key thing is this, I want to be in you a constant supply. Not just every once in a while you get filled. In fact, that command I referenced earlier, be filled with the Spirit, is really better translated this way. Be being filled with the Spirit. I want to be a constant supply within you. And it's not dependent on external sources. What if Pastor Nate has a really bad day? I'm sure this doesn't happen, but I mean, he's just like off. Did not bring his A-game. Just, just, just not off, right? And you come and you go away. Well, bummer. <laughs> God, I brought my cup. Thanks, man. But bummer. Empty cup, right? See, you're, you're just in a heap of trouble. And God says... We'll allow Nate to have a bad day every once in a while. But I will be in you a spring of water welling up to eternal life always. God never has a bad day. God always is on his A game. Understand that. So God is saying, yes, it matters that you're in context and community and fellowship. There's a a hundred good reasons why that matters. It really, really matters. But you're not dependent on spiritual life, on external inputs. I'll give you an internal source. I'll be a spring of water welling up from the inside. Amen? Got it? But, but, but it gets better. It gets better. Let's go to John chapter 7. And, and, and let's bring up John chapter 7, verse 37. And let's just read this. Because it's Jesus talking, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, That anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as Scripture has said, Catch this. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. What's he talking about? Ah, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So we've gone from a cup to well to a spring, now to rivers of living water. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me to drink, come to me and drink, and out of you shall flow rivers of living water. Hello. See, sometimes when we teach about the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit, we stop way too soon. Jesus said, this is not about you being full. This is about you overflowing. See, you're not a reservoir. You're a riverbed. Understand, you are not to contain God. The little girl testified one time. She said, I'm not very big. and My heart's not very big. And I can't hold much of the love of God. But I sure can overflow a lot. She had it right. She was brilliant. You understand that? Who in this room has the capacity to hold much of God? Come on. Seriously? Compared to the amazing, surpassing, magnificence of God, your brain and your heart can only get a chunk of it every once in a while. If you just just say, oh, see, the problem of it is we're limited to me. And my size and my capacities and my abilities. And God says, here's the deal. I want to overflow you. And then your only limitation is me. And all. Oh, I don't have limitations. I can overflow you. I want to overflow you. I don't want to just fill you. The uh, uh, um, name just left me. Professor Asbury. Anyway, Dr. John Siemens. He said... Many people have the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit like filling a water glass full, sitting it on a shelf and admiring it and saying, wow, isn't it full? He said, no, 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 no. Take that glass, knock the bottom of it out, lay it in a stream. Now it's always being filled, it's always full, and it's always flowing out. Oh, isn't that good? Uh, uh, um, um, uh, Another says, the Holy Spirit is like electricity. He will not enter where he cannot come back out. Now, I'm not an electrician. I've wired some stuff and been shocked a few times, but I don't think that makes me a, an expert. But what I do know about electricity, I think, is that it makes a circuit read into that circle. It has to loop. And he's saying, Dr. E. Sandy Jones is saying, that's the way the Holy Spirit is. He has to make a loop. So the idea is this. Too, too, if you've you got notes on the back of your book, if you want to write stuff down, let me give you a couple things to write down. On that first being filled with the Holy Spirit, it makes absolute perfect sense. The more you empty yourself of you, the more you can be filled with him. Hello? <laughs> By the way, that's not easy. Surrendering you your self-will, your selfishness, your self-direction, you're saying, I'll just pour that out before you, God. Just fill me with you. That sounds way cool Sunday morning in church, but it's tough on Tuesday, i got to tell you. That. It's just tough. <laughs> yeah, because you want to say, but I'd like a little control for me. I, I, what about me? I, I, come on, what about me? I, you understand that? But it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? The more you empty yourself of you, the more you can be filled with him, right? Here's the other. The more you allow him to overflow you, the more he fills you. This is not rocket science. This is just basic sense, right? So God is saying, out of you, you come to me and drink, and out of you shall flow rivers of living water. I want to overflow you. The Bible lists for us gifts of the Spirit. I'm not going to enumerate those today, but, but many gifts of the Spirit. Each of us is given a different kind of a gift. The Bible lists for us fruits of the Spirit, starting with love, joy, peace, gentleness, etc. And, and, and God is saying, I want to overflow your life so that your giftedness is overflowing to touch the lives of others, but more importantly, so that the fruit of who I am, the fruit of God... Starting with love, joy, peace. So that just overflows you. See, one of the questions then should be of our lives, not am I filled with the Spirit, is am I overflowing with the Spirit? What's the overflow of my life? What's that happen? There are two key reasons why overflow is really, really important. One is to, I'm going to use the words fresh and fruitful. Fresh, but, but as in fresh water source, as in a pure source, as to keep us pure, to keep us clean. So I've got to ask a question. Anybody in the room ever lived in West Virginia or from West Virginia? Anybody? This will make this easier. <laughs> uh, Esther and I uh, were privileged to spend six years in the West Virginia pastoring there. And it's actually a beautiful, beautiful place. It really is mountain state. Uh, uh, quite unlike Alaska in that West Virginia does not have a natural lake or pond in the whole state. It's just steep, uh, rivers and streams and stuff, but no gathering spots. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's spectacular, beautiful. Now, it's not Alaska, but, but you know, um, for eastern United States, it's, it's amazing. Um, and there's awesome people there, and I have really good friends there. And, and having said all those nice words, there's some people there who aren't, let's see, uh, tidy. Now, this is not unique to West Virginia, of course. I've seen some of this in Alaska, by the way. So, they, they, by then, I mean, there's, there's places where there's just a lot of junk around. You get the picture, right? Well, we, we moved in there, and, and we lived on a river, like, like right there is the river. And when it floods, it's like right here is the river. And so we'd just been there two weeks and had a major flood. And I did not know there were that many white one-gallon plastic jugs in the world. <laughs> We were just never out of sight of them, or many of them just floating down the river. Like, they, they, there they go. And an amazing array of other kinds of junk just was floating down the river. And we were sort of marooned and, and not much of a life, so one of the things we did was uh, plink at the jugs uh, on the way by. That was interesting. Um, uh, you know, better in a video game, so there you go. Uh, um, the other thing, Esther and I were up one morning uh, early and uh, watching junk come down the river. We didn't have a life. Um, <laughs> And, and we see this rather nice-looking couch come bobbing down the river. And Esther says to me, "It look better than ours. And, and, and she said to me, why don't you get the canoe and go out and, and, get, and get that couch? And I, I, I laughed too. And I had, a thought, of a really good comeback. I said, well, I would, but, but there's no matching chair. Guess what? I swear, here it came, right? Down the river, the matching chair. We missed out on a whole set, you know? Um, But so I had had this theory, I had this theory that God says, I've made this beautiful place, this amazing place, and people just junk it up, and so every spring I'm going to flood it, and I'm going to wash it into, we lived on the Coal River, into the Canal River, into the Ohio River, into the Mississippi River, and it'll take it down to New Orleans, and they'll build a city on this junk. (laughs) I forgot to ask if anybody's from New Orleans, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, (laughs) That's just a fact, though, but anyway. Come back, we live in a culture, ladies and gentlemen, with a lot of junk and gunk in it, right? Yeah. Many of us carry devices that have junk and gunk readily accessible we it's not like I mean you just can 't go anywhere you can, you listen to a bunch of anything and you're you're being bombarded by uh, 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 corrupt worldviews and and all kinds of things that 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 come into our lives that distract us, dissuade us, or downright evil. But let's not just blame our culture, by the way, and our devices and whatever. Uh, most of the time, we get, we get into the act of helping out with collecting junk and gunk. Hello. I mean, either we don't rebuff it or we think, huh, that's interesting. I should look at that for a while. Or, or have you ever been, you're watching something, thinking, I really shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> and a half hour later, I really shouldn't be watching this. I know how that works because I've done that. Are, are you with me? I mean, we, 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 we get into that. We, we have this junk and gunk. What I'm saying to you is we need the overflowing of the Holy Spirit in our life to flood this stuff away. We need God to correct this. We need God to cleanse this. We need God to wash us. We need the overflowing of God in our lives. Does that makes sense? The other thing is that we need to be fruitful. The, whole, the, the overflowing causes that Fruitfulness to occur in our lives. I think we have a map. Can can we have that put on string? I I want I want to just illustrate this from the geography. This is the land of Israel, and and the Bible's mostly focused around Israel. Some in Egypt, etc., but a lot a lot around Israel. And there's a this is a a great example. Let, Let me talk about it. On the very top of that map, the north part of that map, you see the Sea of Galilee, which is a beautiful beautiful lake. Farther north than that are the heights, like the Golan Heights uh, that that get in the news every once in a while, Mount Hermon that's snow-capped quite a bit of the year, etc. And from that, a variety of streams and tributaries flow into the Sea of Galilee. I've had the privilege of being on it. It's a beautiful, beautiful lake. It's, it's uh, full of fish. Uh, most of the disciples uh, were commercial fishermen on this lake before they followed Jesus. Uh, around it, especially on the Israeli side of it, is just, just lush farmland. It's just beautiful. It, it, it's amazing in this desert landscape around it, but, but that is a gorgeous place. At, follow, the south end of that you see flows out of it, the Jordan River. And again, That is a vivid splash of green across the Jordan River Valley, lush and productive and fruitful uh, as you make your way down. And the bottom of that, you can probably read it, is another sea called the Dead Sea. Wow, is it aptly named? Unbelievably dead. Stinks. Uh, Doesn't stink as much as you'd think because even bacteria can't live in there very much. It's... it's, it's, uh, so salty you can't sink they say I, I was offered a chance to try it but it didn't seem like a good idea to me to get in there um, I mean it's just awful uh, I've never been to the moon but the area around it down there looks like a moonscape to me I mean, it's just you think man there's nothing alive around here this is so dead here's a curious fact that the same water that flows into the sea of Galilee the same water flows into the dead sea Interesting. Same input. Got that? Yet one is so full of life and gives life and fruitfulness to everything around it, and the other is so full of death and nothing benefits from it. Huh? What's up with that? Same input. Oh, the key difference is the Sea of Galilee takes in a lot of water and gives away a lot of water. It continually overflows. The Dead Sea takes in a lot of water and gives up nothing. Now, I know there's evaporation. Don't get too scientific on me here, but I'm just saying, no overflow. <clears throat> get the picture? See, see, I, 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 people can be that way. Sometimes we just absorb, receive, take in, but we don't overflow. And instead of being fruitful, we're fruitless, and and. It's awesome for us to take in. It's awesome for us to receive. But God says, I really want you to overflow. That's what I'm all about, is having you overflow. I want you to overflow. I want you to overflow. I think at the bottom of your notes, there's a a question of what what words do you remember. I really hope one of the words you remember is overflow. Overflow. My emphasis today is not necessarily on being filled. The fact of it is, if you overflow, you'll be filled. It's overflowing. Overflowing it's overflowing. So so let me come back to in that John chapter 7 passage Jesus one of the I love this about Jesus that he keeps it simple. Jesus says in this loud voice, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And we'll try not to muck this up too much. Thirst is an awareness of and an acknowledgment of need. I'm thirsty. Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this to you. If you are at the point of saying, I got this, God is at the point of saying, okay, I'll just sit this one out. If you got it, let's see how that's working for you. Let's see what that does. i got to tell you, I just from experience, that doesn't end well. Right? But God is saying, but if you acknowledge that you need me, oh, I'll be there. And then he says, drink. That's a simple act of trust and receiving. Just drink. God's saying, you want, you want me? You want to be filled with me? Just drink. And out of you shall flow rivers of living water. So i want to pray with you in a moment. I, I, you can follow along with my prayer and just agree with it, that's okay. Or you can just tune me out and have your own private conversation with God, that's okay. But simply say, God, I'm thirsty and I need a drink. I, I want my life to overflow God. i am got to be honest, sometimes my life overflows some other stuff that's me, it's not so good. I want my life to overflow God. You ready? Let's just pray and drink. Holy Father, in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we come to you today acknowledging we're thirsty. We really have a need. We really have a need. We can't pull this off by ourselves. We can't do this on our own. We need you to overflow us. So, God, today, please be within us like a spring and please flow from us like rivers of living water. Holy Spirit, fill us and overflow us. So right now, we acknowledge our need and right now, we simply drink. We receive what you have to give us. We've prayed this in the wonderful name of Jesus our Lord. Amen.